like I remember having days where I'm sitting in that corporate office and and I'm looking out at the freeway. I was in the Galleria area at the time and I'm looking out at the freeway like, man, what do these people do in the middle of the day all day yes. where they can be out and I'm stuck in this box inside of a box? Yeah. And, and, not, so I, and not just yeah. out, but they're out, and you're in the gallery area, out driving luxury cars, speeding yeah. past you. Hello, and welcome back to the Smartest Real Estate Investor Podcast. We're your host, Marcus. And Jaquita. So, in this one, we have one of the most highly regarded real estate investors. I've come in contact, contact with him quite some time. He's regarded as a multi-family powerhouse. Matter of fact, when we first met, he was known as Mr. 100 Doors. Ladies and gentlemen, at the time of this recording, he is now known as Mr. 200 Doors, and he's done so in less than two years. Yeah, you heard me. Let that sink in. Yes, yes. <laughs> in addition to that, he's completed over 100 re- residential transactions as well. As a graduate of the University of Houston, he started, like many of us, investing full-time with a full-time job and a full-time family. Known for believing in people until they can believe in themselves and doing so by taking people who've never owned multifamily real estate before and teaching them through partnering. A yeah. true example of putting your money where your mouth is. Help me welcome Dunn Scott to the podcast. Wow. 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 Yeah. Now that's I got to get you man. right, man. I had to do it right. <laughs> I was like, I can't wait. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, man. So let's, we're going to go ahead and kick it off, man. So first question is, we, we really want to just, you know, give it, give our listeners an idea of who you are, you know, what you're into. So in order to do that, want to just get, get a feel for your background and how you actually got started in real estate. Great. Appreciate that. Appreciate it, man. Honestly, man. So believe it or not, like, uh, like I've been thinking about this question for a while. Cause like weirdly, like for some reason, I don't get this question a whole lot here nowadays, mm-hmm. but looking back, I would say I got started in real estate because of my wife. Nice. So, um, she, she really wanted to get into real estate and um, I was just kind of, I was that spouse that goes along for the ride, but she didn't have to drag me in, if that makes sense. It was just like, okay, that's something we can look into. And um, we ended up going to a couple of networking events. And uh, to be honest, man, now the rest is history. Excuse, excuse my dog in the background. I it's, think somebody's coming to the door. It's okay. We have to. Yep. But that, <laughs> okay, that's, okay. that's funny that you don't get that question a lot anymore because, you know, once you get to a certain point and a certain level, I know, right? you know, that, that background <laughs> is like, it doesn't, I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but people always want to know, like, what do you have? Like, what's next? So, yeah, that's probably why you don't get that question a lot anymore. Yeah, yeah man. And so, honestly, man, it, 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 I know, and I'm veering off already, but like it kind of gets a little difficult, like even sometimes wanting to teach real estate investing, um, especially for like newer investors when it's like, well, how'd you get started? I'm like, man, like what I know now compared to what I got started with, like, like I'm so far ahead of the game and understanding mm-hmm. so much that like, it's hard for me to say, hey, go do what I did when I started yeah. where I know so much more now 
that I can uh, help you avoid a lot of the mistakes and things that I that I made when I first got started or even how I got started. Knowing what I know now, I would get started a lot different. Right. Right. Um, so, like, it's kind of hard for me to kind of go back and think about, like, when I first got started. But but honestly, man, that that was life changing. The fact that she had the the forefront or the forward thinking uh, to understand that, like most real estate investors or, or most people in general get wealthy through real estate investing, whether it be their primary residence or just investing in real estate as a investment vehicle itself and so understanding like how you can get paid in all these different ways in real estate and um not only does it help you build wealth but you can have like the cash flow and other awesome advantages as well like i mean she pointed me in the right direction and that's all it took yes i love that you know we love it because yeah we're we're like legit best friends and do everything together and um our story is actually very similar um I was the one that was interested in real estate at first. And it took Marcus like a little time to get on board. But once he got on board, it was like he was dragging me like, come on, let's do this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you started this thing. Let's go. Right. So, yep, exactly. I, like, I know our stories are very similar in that manner. And also, we both, you know, are like Marcus mentioned, college graduates. And um, we both were working in corporate for a while. So tell us a little bit more about how you got to the point where you realized it was safe to leave corporate America because I know you were, I mean, from conversations that we've had, you were making a very lucrative salary there and, you know, the, and a lot of people's eyes, that's pretty, that's pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, honestly, so my background is like graduating from the university of Houston and then starting a corporate career in oil and gas. Um, I mean, I'm not really sure. I guess I can say it since I don't really work for them anymore. So I worked for Chevron uh, <laughs> for, for 11 years. And so um, in the corporate office. And so in that space, I was making six figures. And so, but I will tell you a lot. And I tell a lot of people, it, it's like I've, I've been told and I understand that it's, to me, it seems a little bit more difficult to retire somebody making six figures than somebody making forty, fifty thousand. One hundred percent. That's why I, that that's why we wanted to make sure we got to this question, um, because Marcus and I talk about this all the time, like how difficult it was, because it took me a while too to you know get to the point of retirement because. Um, and we and one of us at this point is, you know, only retired, but it took us a while because you get used to it. And like I said, it's comfortable mm -hmm. yeah. and it's safe. And also you have like at this point we have kids and our kids are older and they're used to this lifestyle. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's scary. You can't take that lifestyle away from them once you've gotten raised them up. No, again. no, yeah. no, don't say that. Because yeah, I'll tell you, man, snatch that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got you to snatch that life. Done. You don't know yeah, our so, kids. <laughs> hey, look, this, this is this is you guys' life too. Yeah, so, true. That that uh -oh. is true. And actually, we have honestly made some changes uh, within the last couple of years during the pandemic to our lifestyle. That you know is a little bit outside of the the way we were working the household. And I mean, they've adjusted well. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. I just think that you know, being a six figure earner, it's just it's very easy to get comfortable there. Right. Yeah. Not not to mention how hard because you, you have to like you know, most people like, you know, when I match my salary, I'm, I'm done. Right. But you also have to match your salary 
and still be able to sustain that business. You got to be able to do both, man. And you yeah. know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, he gets scared of that, man. So, yeah, man. I mean, it, I can understand the fear, um, but for the most part, like I I live by a lot of sayings, to be honest. But one of them is um, what gets in the way of a of a great life is a good life. Wow. And mm. so, like, you can have this good life, but like, is that what you want? Is that your dream? Is that your goal? And like, I remember having days where I'm sitting in that corporate office and, and I'm looking out at the freeway. I was in the gallery area at the time and I'm looking out at the freeway, like, man, what do these people do in the middle of the day all day yes. where they can be out and I'm stuck in this box inside of a box. Yeah. And, 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 not, so I, and not just yeah. out, but they're out, and you're in the gallery area, out driving luxury cars, speeding yeah. past you. So I've been yeah. there. I was in the gallery yeah. area. What is there. that? Yeah. Yes. So that window was your motivation, man. That's awesome. That that was part of it, and and honestly, um, I mean, I can I can pinpoint a, a lot of things that kind of gave me that ability to leap, mm-hmm. and I can tell some story. Like, I guess I can give you the story beforehand, before even the mental mindset of what made me take the the jump out of corporate America. And and it started with, um, honestly, we, we got into real estate, like going to networking events. And then eventually we started off where most people want to end up, which is them buy and hold. So we started off, we got two rental properties over a couple of years. And I remember looking back and thinking, man, like after a while, like we had two and they were kind of on autopilot. And I was like, yeah, this can't be it. Like we got these two, but I don't feel like an investor because mm-hmm. I only have two houses. Yeah. Right. And so in a, a three month period, no, it was a two month period, a two month period towards the end of like 2016, I bought three houses or we bought three houses. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so but we bought three houses and I remember my wife like, dude, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> It's almost Christmas, and you just like ravaged the bank account. <laughs> and but I, I remember saying like, "But we got houses." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That didn't that didn't make any sense to her. So not at that time. <laughs> so so at that point, like I was like, "Man, this okay? If like we have these five, and and now what? Like mm-hmm. I don't have enough that I can really walk away from corporate." Um, I have houses, but you know, that's about it. And so, um, uh, I, I started to realize like, man, maybe I need to pivot my approach as far as what I do in real estate. Maybe it's time for me to like flip a house. Mm. So I want to start flipping. So going into 2017, I had this goal to start flipping. Um, I accidentally wholesaled the house and by accident, um, it was, I, I think, like we we talked about this before so it was a mutual friend like had a house and a contract and basically it was like hey dine we know you buy houses like you interested in this house mm. i was like well this is a, like i probably can flip this cool let, let me take it down i remember talking to a mentor he's like bro you cannot flip in that area right <laughs> and at the time this is a booming area in houston right now wow. but at the time it was in sunnyside oh, oh yeah yeah. At the time, there was no new development. I take that back. It was only new development or stuff you were going to have to demo. Yeah. There was nothing in between, like zero. Oh, man. Like to the point where I remember having a house in that area later 
as I started to wholesale and a lender wouldn't even like one of my buyers had to go find a lender because two or three lenders had turned them down because they wouldn't lend in that area because there were no cops and they didn't want to set the cops. So, (laughs) but I remember getting this house on the contract thinking I'm going to flip it. Then I realized like I shouldn't flip it. And so like, he was like, my mentor was like, Hey, how about you just wholesale it back out? I was like, dude, I don't know anything about wholesaling. He was like, I'll blast it. You just got to do all the work. Nice. Next thing I, I mean, I, I, I fumbled my way through it, man. When I say fumble, like I, I, I turned into a realtor and I didn't even have a license. I was like, I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. I started calling different friends, trying to get different perspectives on what, what I needed to do. Long story short, and a lot of lessons learned three, I think three and a half weeks later, like we had a $5,000 check and I was still at the office. Mm. and i was like oh okay i think i understand this game a little bit (laughs) um but i get the next house under contract a month later thinking i was gonna flip that and but i closed on it and i had a 30-day window after closing um because i was allowing the previous seller to to stay in the house Mm -hmm. and so we we basically did a lease back and so i had 30 days while they're living there to get multiple bids to run numbers here and there and i was like well i just wholesale the house the value on this property keeps going up and as a flipper that's supposed to be a great thing but me being very risk adverse i was like i I saw it as a negative which i don't don't even ask me why but like the (laughs) like the risk aversion part of me was like yeah this is not it like i don't feel comfortable as the price is going up or the value going up let me get out of it (laughs) so i remember picking up the phone calling a few people like dude i got this house over here let me know if you guys want to buy it and i don't even mind sharing number so i get the house under contract for 197 thousand, and we ended up like I closed on it, so I owned the house, so I could just do whatever I wanted. Yeah, and sell point. it for however much you want. So you can get I it. ended up not fixing it mm. and selling it for two forty nine nine. Nice. Jeez. And nice. so at that point, I was like, and I didn't. Well, I had to leave the office for that closing. I bet you did. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did leave the office. So I did leave the office for that closing. Oh. And, but that was almost fifty grand, and I was like, oh. At that point, what I realized was I understood the skill set that it would take to actually wholesale, even though I have never done it from from beginning to end. But I understood I, I had the skill set. And that was right before Harvey. Mm, okay. And then as Harvey hit, then I started doing a lot more wholesale deals. So between those two deals being like, I want to say April and June, April and June, I think is when the last one closed. So between those two months, it was like, okay, those are my first two deals with no experience whatsoever in that space to January of 2018, which so a nine, 10 month period, I had done 22 wholesale deals just wow. from understanding those two, those concepts. And I, and at that point, I didn't know if, okay, is this me and I'm that good? Or is this, is this, this natural disaster that just happened? And that's why the deals are coming through. And so I really wasn't sure. So I just kept doing what I thought I needed to do while I had a corporate job. 
And before I knew it, like those 22 deals, that was a lot of money. (laughs) But what I realized was it wasn't the amount of money that I made. It was the fact that I taught myself how to make money outside of that W-2. And so I was confident at that point that I know how to do it. Now the question is, can I get out there and actually do it? Yes. And that matters so much, that confidence aspect. Um, because if you're not confident in what you're doing, I mean, as you know, like, um, it's just, it's not going to work. I mean, you can, you can know exactly how to do it. Um, but, uh, without the lack of, I mean, the lack of confidence also leads to fear. So you're just not going to get out there and do it like you you should. And you're not, you're never going to reach the level that you should. And that is an awesome, like backstory, man. Oh man, so I mean, trust, trust me, like it, it's weird, but when you when you got me to thinking about it, when you asked the question, I was like, how detailed do I get? Do I actually just get a real? And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just be like I always am. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. And that's that- that's what we liked about you. I mean, you know, we we used to talk all the time just on Instagram, but especially like when we met the first time in person, I'm glad Marcus was there too, because I'm like, man, I really like this yeah. guy. <laughs> she had been talking about you for a while. And I was just like, man, we got to meet him. We got to meet him. Then we just bumped into each other, man. And it's been, it's been a, a beautiful relationship ever since, but man, yeah, that, that backstory is amazing. And we were talking about, you know, being, you know, transparent and, you know, being able to talk the numbers and things like that. So I'm, yeah. we're, we're kind of interested in like your, your last apartment uh, acquisition, like just okay. kind of talking over, you know, how did you find it? What were the obstacles? Because every deal had, it's something with every deal, man. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I've never done a deal where it just went 100% smooth. And, you know, oh, yeah. what was the value add on that one? Oh, man. So, well, potential, let's call it potential value add since, since we just actually closed. And so, I mean, it's been, maybe a week has it been a week maybe a week and a half okay uh but but that one i'm at the point in my career where i don't necessarily go out searching for a whole lot of deals okay. like i used to um a lot more deals are are kind of presented and 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 as i get older and more wiser and and do a lot more in this game like i realize like great deals and home run deals don't just fall in your lap a lot of times you create those home run deals. So you may get a double in mm-hmm. baseball terms, but to create that, like to get that home run, a lot of times you're creating that exactly. or you find that out after you've acquired the property. It's not necessarily something like that you're walking into. And right. so this was, I would say no different, but there, I mean, there was a, of course, like lots of things that went on to, to, add value or to add potential value to this deal. So we acquired it. This one in particular, uh, one of my buddies is a real estate broker. And so um, he basically, like, he knows, like when we mentioned like close to 200 doors over the last 18 months, um, he knew I had just, we had just closed. I mean, last year, 2021, the goal was a hundred doors. And so when we when we knocked out 108 during that time over a 12 month period, it's like okay, this is great. Let let's kind of not chill, but let's let's slow down and and kind of get more stuff structured and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Well, he he ended up calling basically and saying like, hey, 
I have this 48 unit. Uh, we're about to, I'm going to blast it out and it's going to hit the market, but I know you and our friendship and I'm pretty sure you'll be pissed if I don't send this to you before I blast it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah. Relationships. So, man, that's- yeah. So is he sent that to me when well, my wife is in the background screaming, don't send it to him. Cause she knows like we, we had just bought a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, and, and not to mention she runs a lot of it. So, uh, I mean, of the close to 200, she probably runs at least a hundred of those doors Gotcha. somewhere in that range. And so where she's like the main manager that the tenants or the residents uh, communicate with. And so that's what I mean by run. Gotcha. Uh, and so she understood like, hey, we got all this stuff on our plate, like, let us chill and, and just deal with this stuff. But then he sent it to me and we both looked at it and she was like, Oh, we got to buy this. Yeah. Even she was on board with that one. <laughs> I know what I said, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, those, those be the ones. <laughs> yeah. and so, I mean, it, it was a, a great looking deal like going into it. But then as we dug, it didn't actually get worse. It actually was like, okay, we understand why we're buying this. Mm-hmm. And then, but as we were going in, that I mean, we're going in as the market is shifting. Yeah. So you have rates like continuing to rise, like on a weekly basis and things of that nature. Yes. So it, at that point, then you just got to really dive in, understand like your due diligence, making sure like you're checking those right boxes and looking at the right things. And then just really understanding your numbers and running those numbers. And so for the most part, like, we didn't see any surprises after looking at every single unit um, that we were nothing that we were afraid of. And to be honest, like I'm typically buying value at properties. And so mm-hmm. those properties that we're, we're going in, they have a lot of deferred maintenance. They probably look like crap. Um, a lot of stuff like you would drop by that property. You wouldn't want to tell your friends you own it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like okay. that kind of property. But when you buy those kind of properties, a lot of times the rents are severely under market. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can add value. And so that's what we're typically buying. And it's a lot of work, a lot of work, yeah. but buying this 48 unit was the opposite of that. So, nice. <laughs> so okay. um, like it wasn't a lot of like deferred maintenance as far as work. The work is in the management. So we just have to go in there and the rents were like, you know, below market, but it wasn't like we had to go in or we're having to go in and spend a million dollars in renovations and raise rents. We just need to manage the property better than the previous property manager. And we can increase the value that way. Yeah, man. And I'm so happy you went into more detail about, the value add properties and you know why they're attractive to you because you know mm-hmm. even even some investors that i know wouldn't touch them but yeah you know yeah. based on what you said i would right, right? man those are man <laughs> I, I love them like i mean don't get me wrong like i'm i'm probably tired of it right now <laughs> but that's just because i mean the 180 doors like going back to that is it it sounds like a lot Right. But mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's not to me, it's not a lot. Right. But it, but that being said, I never I, I don't want people to be impressed by 180 doors like it to me is it's more impressive 
that it was close to 10 commercial transactions in that time frame mm-hmm. than than the 180 doors the 100 like i have a friend that in this same time frame that i've closed 180 he's done 1500 and so that that's that's a completely different bargain but all of his deals are uh syndicated deals and they're they're much larger deals so he's buying a 250 unit or 300 unit things of that nature and so yeah. but he he's not closing 10 commercial transactions during that time frame either in that right. time frame it was probably five or six max got it so nice, nice. it's just a little different right um so I want to do a, a little shift here. We're still talking about, you know, your last acquisition and adding value and everything and how you go about doing that. But with that, you also have some partners and investors that you invest with uh, with these acquisitions. So how do you go? What kind of mindset do you go into these transactions with these different partners and investors? Uh, what's the mindset there? I'll, I'll start off by saying, a couple of things. One, uh, I'm a firm believer in do you want 100% of a grape or a quarter of a watermelon? Mm-hmm. And with that being said, like, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of deals that are presented to me sometimes that I could easily take down solo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a firm believer, like, that 100% of a grape, quarter of a watermelon, like, do I have as much stuff that that we have? if we took down a bunch of stuff solo and it was only our cash and things of that nature. So I'll look at it from that perspective, but I also understand that it's only lonely at the top if you don't bring other people with you. Oh, yeah. And so I like that. I, I, I love like, I mean, this sounds cliche, man, but I really love making money with my friends. And so like my friends and family, like that means a lot. So I could go out here and syndicate deals and I'm part of organizations where I could raise capital in these organizations and it not be, and it, it would be pretty quick to raise that capital. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah. But by doing it the way that we do it, like I have a, this, I feel like this thing that I, I really want to make sure like the people around me, not only are making money in the things that we're doing, but at the same time, they're, they're, able to learn and and get a better understanding and if they want to go out and do these things too then they can go do it so i love that fact of investing with with people that i know but Mm -hmm. more importantly i'm a big firm believer in when when you're raising capital and you're doing these deals your reputation matters a lot and so um you want to make sure that stays intact and one of the ways to do that is um, just having that that mindset of like I don't want to lose my own money, I'll be damned if I lose somebody else's. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. I I do so much due diligence when it comes to this game of like evaluating properties that we're gonna buy, and if it's something that we're gonna have somebody else's money in, then that gets top priority. So there's plenty of deals where we don't have investors or as many investors. To be honest it's either investor or no investors, but the ones that we have the investors in, they get like a lot of my uh, contractors that are, um, I guess, quote unquote, cheaper and like cost effective. Like I'm going to send them to a property that I have investors in 
before I send them to one of my projects. So I'll have projects sitting um, where I know like we can make a lot more money. Like if we hurry and get that thing on the market, um, even from a short term perspective, but I want to make sure that I'm taking care of other people and other people's money before like I worry about our stuff. Nice, nice, man. And, and I know um, what you said about, you know, making money with your friends and everything. From personal experience, um, I can say that for our audience, our audience, that is facts because I know, like, a couple of things that, you know, you presented to us recently. And, like, when you first started presenting it, I, I can't lie. I, I went to Marcus. I was like, is he serious or is he, like, like, is he testing us? Is this for real? <laughs> because, you know, you, don't, you just don't have people. Well, I won't say you don't. But you don't find people too often um, that are just willing to put you on game and not only put you on game, but actually, um, I don't know. What, what is it? like? Follow through with it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can say that, you know, you, you're telling nothing but the truth there for sure. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. So like I'm I'm sitting here, you know, and I'm I'm listening to everything, taking it all in, and I'm wondering like how on earth like do you balance like the full time investor and full time like parent, like family man, like how are you how on earth are you balancing all of that? I don't. No, I'm just playing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm to be honest, like it's getting a little. I don't even know that it's getting easier now. I feel like it was starting to get easier, but as we acquired a lot more projects and we didn't outsource a lot of the stuff, we kept we kept like all the management in house. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been more of a challenge, but I, I also like I said, I live by a lot of sayings, and so one of the sayings I I truly believe in here nowadays is there's no such thing as balance. So um, I understand like there's going to be certain areas in my life that's going to take a back seat. I just got to decide which ones those are. And so typically like right now, like I don't work out as much as I should. Right. Or but I'll try to eat a little bit better and things of that nature just because I'm usually going to properties and things of that nature. So now I'm forcing myself like to slow down so that I can take that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that top priority goes to, to the family. Like, like I'm a, basically a girl dad. So um, they, they get full attention. It's like being their little Uber and stuff like Aww. that all the time. So <laughs> like, that's, that's gonna take a lot more of my attention rather than a bunch of other stuff so for me it's been building like these companies and, and apartment complexes and things of that nature and spending time with them and and then i try to fit everything else in wherever we can yeah man that's that's great yeah so it's kind of similar to what we have going on here that's why i'm able to identify with you you know as the yeah. male figure of the the family just trying to you know keep it all together man so yeah man it's rough (laughs) don't say that (laughs) hey look this this is this is a video recorded so y'all don't get to see all the grays (laughs) (laughs) man same same man man. we as we sit here today was the first day of high school for our oldest daughter so yes man oh man yeah 
Yeah. I'm not even ready for that. Yeah, I'm not ready and I'm here. That's just being honest <laughs> with you, man. That 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 time came crazy, man. But since we're on the, you know, the the subject of our kids and stuff like that, man, I just want to ask like if you can go back like to your younger self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh man. Okay. Let, let me start with this background. I, I retired at the age of 36. So I walked away from corporate at 36. Awesome. Um, right. Well, I was 36, but it would be right before my 37th birthday, but retired at the age of 36. And I would say, honestly, believe in yourself. And, and um, once you understand stuff like uh, take action. So, like, I tell a lot of people, like, real estate is three things. It's understanding the numbers, understanding the process, and taking action. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking action is the big thing for a lot of people. And so, um, even for me, like, it took me a long time to have to, not really a long time, but relative of when I had the the spark or the idea to leave corporate, um, but just not knowing if I could believe in myself to go make it actually happen because my kids were four and one when I left corporate. So to, to leave corporate or that nice quote unquote secure job Mm -hmm. to flip houses when I, when I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old at home Mm -hmm. uh, and them living that certain lifestyle. But I'll, I'll tell myself this, like I do this, like, honestly, I, I said this at the beginning, like, I, I do this for me. They just get to reap the benefits. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess like so our audience can get to know you, you know, on a, on a personal level. Like when you're not out doing deals and crushing it like you do, what are you up to? Like you traveling, football, volunteer work or like what, what are you into, man? Honestly, man. Once I got into real estate, which is crazy, because when at the beginning people used to tell me like, "Is like, do you have a passion for this for real estate?" And I would say no, but I feel like I'm. That's all I do. It's like like I'm usually thinking of like the next deal or creative ways. And to be honest, lately it's been this passion of how can I help other people that kind of look like us mm-hmm. get more involved in this game. Um, but I'm also an introvert. So like, <laughs> like, so I battle between the introvertness in me and wanting to be just chilling at the house with the girls versus like, how do I get others involved? And so lately, like that's been that passion and that thing. It hadn't been like going out and, and drinking or partying and things of that nature it has been, how can I get other people that look like us involved and understand that you don't just have to flip houses or wholesale just to get into this game that, or you don't even have to just do a single family house. The fact that you can go do an apartment complex and it's not as complex as you think. And I can show you how, like, so I'll be trying to think of different ways that I could basically bring some of that stuff to the forefront. Nice, man. Well, there you have it, folks, man. Don, Scott, and well, not in the flesh, but <laughs> in the sense, kind of, man. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited, man, that we got a chance to, you know, pick your brain and, you know, 
know, for those of you who, you know, because I've done this before who want to reach out to you, but just a little scared, man, leave, even for those people, they've had the opportunity to hear you speak. You know, hopefully we've been able to do that person um, some some justice with the interview, man. But definitely gonna gonna have you back um, to get more in like numbers and stuff. I know you got some new stuff coming up, man. So again, man, absolute it, honor to have you, man. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, so thank y'all, thank y'all so much. That's it for this one. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.